The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And some of your texts coming in on our vaping conversation. This one says vaping is the worst thing to happen to society since skinny jeans. Some people are on those things like it's a breathing tube and it looks ridiculous, let alone the known or worse unknown health risks. And Paul says, just last week, I brought it up to my son who's 19 years old. He's been vaping for about three years. I told him that people are dying from vaping and he quit on the spot. It's only been a week but he hasn't vaped. And another text uh, came in saying, you know, telling me about uh, one of the games that some of the, the kids are playing in, in high school and about some of the, the fallout from that, about kids uh, passing out and, and vomiting. So we'll keep that conversation going throughout the afternoon as well. We'll keep you updated on uh, the fact that, yeah, it's confirmed October 21st. Uh, we'll be going to the polls. The election campaign begins tomorrow. The writ will be dropped uh, tomorrow mo- morning we'll have full coverage right here on 630 Chad. Let's talk about white lies, little white lies. What little white lies have you told? Because let's be real, we've all probably told one or two in our lifetime. But what about when it comes to buying a house? A new survey, and I can't believe anyone would do this, to be honest with you, because I'm figuring sooner or later you're going to get caught. But a new survey on mortgage fraud shows that nearly 23% of millennials believe it's okay to inflate your animal annual income when applying for a mortgage. But as Julie Kuzmik uh, tells us, she is the Director of Consumer Advocacy at Equifax. That is mortgage fraud. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Well, first off, tell us exactly what is mortgage fraud? Well, mortgage fraud is generally defined as providing information that is not true in order to get approved for a mortgage amount that one would otherwise not have been approved for. Now, could that uh, you, could you get nabbed with that right up front or could that be years down the road? Well, there are a number of potential consequences. So when we did this survey, the question we asked was about whether people thought it would be okay to inflate their income. And we also asked if people had not been entirely truthful on some of their credit or loan applications. Mm. And we had 12% of people admit to not being entirely truthful on some of their credit or loan applications. And that number for millennials was 19%. It was 19%. Okay. I'm still surprised, like 12%. I don't want to, you know, uh, paint all millennials in a, you know, with a bad brush here, right? Of course. Um, because uh, it sounds like uh, all age groups are, are doing are doing this. So what would, if you were caught, what would happen? So the consequences can be anything from simply having your mortgage application declined because, of course, the banks and lenders who are dealing in the mortgage area have very strong procedures in place where they are vetting the information that is provided to them by applicants. So even though 12% of the survey respondents admitted to not being entirely truthful, that doesn't mean that a single one of those applications 
actually made it all the way through. Mm -hmm. So there's a good chance they're getting caught along the way. So you could find your name on a national fraud database, for Mm -hmm. example, where the next time you go to apply for something, your name is raising a red flag. Yeah. And and that's one of the things I was wondering, because I know, you know, whenever I've applied for a mortgage, I mean, there's all sorts of documents that I have to provide, like pay stubs. (laughs) Exactly. You have to show that proof. So it's going to become pretty obvious if you've inflated your salary and it doesn't match the number on that pay stub or your T4. Uh, Julie Kuzmik is joining me. Uh, She is the Director of Consumer Advocacy at Equifax. And do you have any idea how often mortgage fraud happens? Well, we don't see that it's uh, increasing in great numbers at this point. So um, from what we're seeing, the banks and other lenders are doing a really great job of stopping it in its tracks. Mm. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, of all the uh, of all the little things to lie about. I, I'm just thinking that this one isn't uh, the one that uh, that you that you should um, ever be uh, telling a, a little white lie about. Now, I get, though, that some people get a little nervous when they're going into banking or or or, or sitting down and having that conversation. I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but I can see how people would get nervous or really, really want something so bad um, that they would fudge it. I'm not saying it's a good idea to do so. Now, you also talk about in this in this study that uh, Equifax has done, talking about credit, about credit s- scores and about um, how often or not folks are looking at this and the importance of maybe checking out your credit score before you go in to apply for a mortgage to me, that's a no-brainer. Absolutely. We actually asked a similar question five years ago in 2014. And at that time, we learned that about 23% of people knew their credit scores. That number has jumped to 40% mm. in the last five years, which is really fantastic to see. It, it indicates that people are taking some ownership and interest responsibility for the credit side of their financial lives, which isn't always the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> no, for some of us, we try to forget the college years, right? <laughs> yes, that could be a factor. <laughs> Very much so. That credit card that you got going into a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game and thought, okay, that's fine, and then you're paying it off for years to come. But I think some people people, Julie, are a little concerned about, um, you know, I think there's been there's been concerns or questions about, you know, can we get in trouble or is it impact our credit score if we look at it too much? Right. That is a very common question. And I can say this with absolute certainty. Anytime you check your own credit scores, your score will not be affected. The only thing that may have an impact on credit scores is when you are actually applying for new credit. So if you're applying for a new credit card or applying for a mortgage or car loan, those activities may have an impact on credit scores. Not for everybody. It's not going to tank your score. But it is generally a good idea to only apply for the account, the accounts that you actually need. So here's a question for you because, you know, this is, I think, um, this is Credit 101 here. And just to break it down, um, what makes up your credit score, Julie? So there are a handful of factors that go into the credit score calculation and credit scores are based on the information that is available on your credit file at the time that the score is calculated. The number one factor in calculating your credit score is payment history. Mm. So how long have you had accounts for? How well have you been paying them? And that largely refers to paying on time. So even if it's a credit card or a line of credit where you can't quite 
manage the full payment, even making the minimum payment by the due date mm-hmm. is the right behavior. And that's the kind of behavior that lenders want to see. And and credit score goes up to what, 950 is kind of the top of that? 900. 900. So they range between 300 and 900. And so uh, what, right around 600, 650 is considered to be pretty good credit? Yeah, about 680 or above is typically considered good credit, and then excellent would be around 760 or so and higher. And I always want to let people know that if you're in that category of, say, a 780, people always think, well, what am I doing wrong? I've, I've always paid things on time and paid them off in full. That is putting you in the highest category there is. So if you've got a 780, do not be focused on trying to get a few more points from a bank or lender's perspective, you're in exactly the same category as somebody who has an 880, 100 points more. So not to worry about those things. Julie, this study also looked into some home buying uh, challenges, kind of what people thought were some of the biggest, um, I don't know, maybe detriments, some some of the biggest issues around trying to get uh, a new home. And um, it was interesting because there was talk about foreign investment in real estate, um, big concern with that causing prices to go higher. And I'm guessing that a number of folks, I'm wondering if that core came from uh, Vancouver, because I'm thinking, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that in Vancouver uh, over the past number of years. Yeah, I found that result fascinating too. So 61% of the respondents said that they believe foreign investments in real estate are the main cause for the increase in in home prices. And I think that goes to show a bit of the impact of the media. You know, what mm. are people hearing about what's going on? And and that may not actually be the case, but uh, it's clearly what's sticking in people's minds. And this will be interesting as we head into a federal election campaign starting tomorrow, although I think we've been in it for the past year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one was um, that uh, nearly 8 and 10 or 78% of consumers uh, think the federal government should help home, uh, home buyers in some way. 70% saying that they should do more to help first-time home buyers and you know you also looked at that mortgage stress test tell us about that yeah so quite uh, uh, close to half of the respondents felt that the mortgage stress test should be relaxed mm. um 38% felt that the government should eliminate the stress test entirely. Yeah. Now, some of those figures around the uh, belief that federal government should help home buyers more, it'd be interesting to continue tracking that sentiment because, of course, the first-time home buyers incentive is just getting ramped up now. Yeah. And as more awareness spreads about that program and how it works, it would be interesting to know if, if the sentiment stays the same around that. And Julie Kuzma is joining me this afternoon. She is the Director of Consumer Advocacy at Equifax and we started this conversation by talking about little white lies and about the number of folks who think it's okay maybe to fib a little bit uh, about your income in order to uh, to um, secure a mortgage. Equifax is um, also one of those those places I know and, and this is just going in a different direction now Julie um, but I know in the past when I've had um, my credit card um, 
compromised. Um, Equifax is, is the place that I've been able to go to and say, okay, I need you to put some flags on some things. There's some is it, when, it, when it comes to uh, compromising of, of a credit card, there are some things that can be done through Equifax um, that, can, that can protect yourself, aren't there? Yes, definitely. So that is generally putting a fraud alert yes. on a credit file. And uh, that is something that you should do. I'm, I'm going to do the unthinkable and I'm going to name the competition. <laughs> the other major credit bureau in Canada is TransUnion. Yep. And you certainly should do that at both credit reporting agencies to make sure that both of your credit files, the one at Equifax and the one at TransUnion, mm-hmm. have that extra flag, which should cause if anybody tries to apply for something in your name, apply for a new credit card, apply for a car loan, that should cause an extra level of scrutiny yeah. on that application, which is something you want in place if, if you've lost your wallet. And Julie, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate the conversation. Pleasure indeed. Thank oh, you. Take care. Julie Kuzmek from uh, Equifax. And we talk about that uh, that fraud alert going on on, uh, on your credit uh, history with uh, whether it's uh, Equifax or TransUnion. Now, listen, you guys, I've, I've done that um, a, f- a few years back. And I think we, we've all... I, I suspect a lot of us have gone through uh, issues where we've um, had our credit card compromised. It seems to be growing exponentially every bloody day. Um, but I had that flag put on. So what that does is, yeah, as she says, that extra layer. What it does is slow down if you're if you're going into a, a, a store and just want to apply on the spot for a credit card, let's say a Bay card or something like that or whatever it is. Um, there, there seemed to be, it, it took a little bit longer longer or it might take a couple of days because um, I have had it put on my um, file saying that no they have to speak with me directly so that can prove that can prove challenging but uh, yeah interesting stuff what are your little white lies on afternoons right here on 630 Ched the news today that the writ will be dropped tomorrow morning we'll be going to the polls as you know October 21st but the election campaign begins officially tomorrow uh, Chris Brentlinger Grant the producer the lead producer of this show joins me in studio have you ever applied for a, for a mortgage no not yet not yet you not yet I fully in, I fully intend to one day but not yet <laughs> haven't quite gotten there yeah it's uh, it's it was uh, that's an interesting process I found um, I didn't buy my first house until I moved here to Edmonton and so I was like 30 years old and that was the first time I had gone through any of this process. Uh, My husband had gone through um, a a bankruptcy. Uh, My then husband had gone through a bankruptcy and so it really, there was a lot of whole different yeah, hoops to jump through, yeah. obvious, obviously at that point. But there was a program, and I don't know if it's still in place, but we were able to take out um, uh, money from RRSPs and put that towards the down payment, which which helped quite a bit. But yeah, that, that helped for first-time home buyers. Again, it's been, I don't know, eight, nine... 10 years since we bought our last house that we were that we were in but yeah people get nervous people get nervous when they go to talk to banks yeah i'm not in a position right now to even approach a bank or be on the same side of the street <laughs> to be able to apply for a mortgage but i will say like it is a little bit intimidating just even thinking about the process like I, i'm afraid that they're going to go through it, it's almost like an audit right in my oh, mind where yeah it, well it's entirely an audit that's what it is to make sure that you can actually be financially stable and be able to afford this thing um have you ever 
ever gone and had your credit score? Have you looked at your credit? Have you done a credit check? Yeah, Scotiabank offers um, something along the side, like on their mobile app. Yeah. I'm not sure how accurate that is to a T, but I have a pretty good understanding of what my credit is, and I try and keep it you know, in check yeah, just yeah. because I haven't had one of those huge, other than a car, I haven't yet had one of those major like $100,000 expenses. Well, that's, so, that's, a, that's a big one, though, is you know having a vehicle. That's, that's a pretty, you know, that's a big purchase. Yeah, uh, I love my 2013 <laughs> Subaru. Um, it's going to be with me for a really long time. Um, yeah. But it, the entire thing's a little bit intimidating, I think, like even coming to a new city. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I found with with credit checks and uh, Chadville, not sure if you've done this, although I suspect you have, because I think a lot of you are, are pretty money savvy. Um, I wasn't in my 20s. I was a, a gong show when it came to <laughs> um, to just my finances. I, I, made, I was making very, very little money. Um, and I had a credit card that I just thought as, as free money. I wasn't ever raised really with any financial literacy. Um, and we've talked about it on the show about thinking that maybe that should be taught a little bit more in schools to have a better idea of, you know, budgeting and, you know, just, you know, the stuff that you have to do to make sure that your credit doesn't, you know, tank. Um, and it took a long time to kind of build that back up. But one of the things that I did find over the past years, and, and it was when we went into um, buy the house that we're in now, is looking back on some of the stuff, some of the stuff that hasn't been taken off your credit history, even though, you know, paid in full, whatever. So that was one of the eye openers for me was going back and saying, no, I, yeah, I leased that vehicle. Uh, I bought out that lease, but it was never taken off the credit list so it was still going towards something so I actually had to track down years later the paperwork and have that filed to make sure that that came off uh, that list that was making up my uh, that was making up my credit so for at least every single like significant purchase you need to keep all the receipts and all the paperwork in the paper trail right well I I would I, I learned a lesson that way and you know having a fairly good filing system again my filing system isn't great it's it's gotten better over the years but yeah, tuck those things away and keep them. And if I've learned anything from my stepmom, I mean, she will she will balance the bank account to a penny, to wow. the absolute penny. But she's always, you know, make sure that you keep your warranties, keep all your all your paperwork, put them away somewhere where you know you can find them and you can find them readily. And the worst case scenario is that you have like maybe a filing cabinet in a back room somewhere. Exactly. Full of all, like even if it's unkept, at least you have it so that on a rainy afternoon you can spend three hours trying to find that warranty for the fridge.